Hello, everyone, and welcome. You are listening to Pagan Spirituality Today. This is episode number five. I'm your host, Kaveldrida. I want to thank you for tuning in. Okay, right off the bat, I want to say that I'm trying a new technique with the microphone today to cut down on the clicks and pops that you hear with S's and P's. Also, it's quite cold in my house, and normally I turn the heater off when I do the show, but I have elected to keep it on today. It has a fan in it. I don't know if it's going to produce any audible sound or not, but I will try to edit it out if in the editing it seems too distracting. Okay, so, episode 5. Here we are. It seems like I've done a lot more episodes in one way than just five, but in another it seems like every episode is the first one. I still get a little bit nervous before doing each show. Uh, I take a lot of time to prepare myself for each show. So let's launch right into it. Today's topic is leadership. And I have been thinking about doing this topic since before I actually started doing the show, but I didn't think it was a good first topic or second topic. Uh, And some other things came up, things where I felt more inclined to do another topic on the day that the show was recorded. I have set aside today for the topic of leadership. First of all, let me say a little bit about my background, because this is going to be a show about leadership from the point of view of someone who is trying to be in leadership, me. I have never been a member of a coven, although I have been a leader of a coven. My wife and I and another couple started a coven about 11 years ago. We called it a circle at the time, but it's all the same thing as far as I'm concerned. Uh, We had about a dozen people, I guess, at the time that it ended. That is my only coven or circle experience. I have led a meetup group. If you don't know what that is, go to meetup.com. They're a social organization for in-person group activities organized around hundreds of topics. There's dog meetups and political meetups and religious meetups, every kind of thing you can think of. Meetup.com. You can search by city or by interest. I organized a meetup group for about two years. I am still a member of that meetup group, and I am a member of an Asatru Heathens meetup group. I have organized a pagan festival with my coven. I have done some spiritual mentoring, some spiritual counseling, and magical religious training. That is the extent essentially, of my leadership background. I've tried a few other things here and there that are probably not worth mentioning, but that is why I'm saying it's from the position of a leader. In this case, I realize I'm a leader in a small way for smaller groups of people in smaller communities, but nonetheless, I have actively been trying my hand as a pagan leader, spiritual leader, for probably 15 years off and on, So I feel like I have some space to speak on this issue of leadership from the side of the leader. As most podcasts talk about what is it like to be a member of something and the flaws and problems in bad leadership, which I agree with completely, by the way, but I just thought it would be interesting for the rest of you to hear the other side of the story. So let's begin with the myth of the super leader. 
This comes up a lot, particularly in paganism, but you find it in other types of groups and other religions. The super leader is good at everything, always motivated, willing to spend their own money on group activities, even though the membership perhaps is not. They're the most knowledgeable person in the room. They never get angry. They're always patient, willing to do the work of ten pagans, able to motivate anyone regardless of circumstance, and has all the good ideas that the organization will ever need. You get the idea. There are probably other things that fit into the myth of the super leader. But these are the basics. This is that superhero person that pagans are constantly saying they want, or they heard of, or their friend had a coven leader like this. If this super leader exists, please step forward now. Anyone? Bueller? Anyone? No, I didn't think so. Folks, leaders are people just like you and me, who are simply more willing, and perhaps more able, to effectively help a group of people or coven or what have you find its goals, organize around those goals, and get things done. One of the problems that I constantly encounter with pagans and their leaders is a sense that each pagan is supposed to be their own leader, their own priest or priestess, which I think is a valid point, and if that is what you want to do, you have every right. But if you're talking about a larger community, or a coven, or an organization, some form of leadership is going to become involved at some point, and we cannot all act like independent solitaries who happen to be in the same group at the same time. Leadership is going to be necessary, at least if you want to accomplish things, if things are going to run on schedule, things are going to be organized. If you don't want chaos, you have to have some kind of leadership. And what the myth of the super leader would have you believe is that anyone who calls themselves a leader or puts themselves forward for leadership has all the qualities and skills that could be necessary in any circumstance, in any situation. And I don't think that that's true. I think there are a number of different kinds of leadership that require different skills and different abilities, and people should perhaps specialize a little bit more, and thereby avoiding the whole idea of the super leader. Here's what I mean by types of leadership. Organizer. Some people are very good with setting down lists of tasks and supplies and personnel and mix and matching those things to get things done. They're very goal-oriented and task-oriented. That's a kind of leader, but that same person may be terrible at teaching or mentorship. Organizer is a kind of leadership onto itself, as far as I'm concerned. The next thing would be teacher or mentor. Sometimes people can be very experienced, very knowledgeable about paganism or a particular aspect of but terrible at communication. They're not patient. They don't know how to explain complex ideas simply or in a number of different ways. They don't have enough empathy for their students. They tend to feel, look, I got this. Why don't you get this? So teaching is another kind of leadership. Then there's ritual leadership. Perhaps the thing that you're best at 
is being a ritual leader. You're good at quarters and bringing a sense of the god and goddess into a ritual, making people feel that there is presence and energy and movement. That's a kind of leadership. Also, there is spiritual or pastoral counseling. And don't get upset about the word pastoral. It's what that kind of counseling is called, spiritual or pastoral, where you're very good at listening. You're good at problem solving. You're good at reconciling conflict and diffusing conflict, which, by the way, is necessary in any coven or organization. There will always be conflicts, personality conflicts, etc., emotional issues. Someone is going to have to deal with those things within the context of an organization. Lastly, there is a new kind of leader that pagans appear to be calling for, the public spokesperson, someone who deals with the media, if there is media, or the general populace on behalf of the organization. Now, before we go any further, I understand that people feel there's a need for this. I don't. I don't really care if the public knows who we are or likes us or doesn't like us. It makes no difference to me at all. But I admit there is a growing feeling amongst many pagans that this is important, that public portrayal and media relations and all of that sort of thing are important. So that's a new category of leadership that has to be added. A person might be effective at one of these types of leadership or several of these types of leadership, but not all of them. And it's ridiculous to assume that one person would be equally proficient at all of them. If you have an organization of more than three or four participants, why can't you share leadership or rotate leadership? to find out who is proficient. I think the test of a leader should be how well things work. Do things get done? If they do, that person's probably a good organizer. Do the teachers understand how to deal with students? Are they able to get their lessons across to make things understandable? If they're not, that person probably doesn't belong in a mentor role. Move them into something else. Try them out in a different aspect. What I'm saying here long and short is let people step up to leadership, try their hand at things, instead of running them out of town. We have a lot of people who would like to be a leader of one kind or another, but they don't know how, and they see how much crap leaders take from other people. How much criticism and infighting and all kinds of problems that comes with trying to help trying to put yourself out there. We really need to calm this down. We really need to be a lot more accepting and helpful as members of organizations if we want them to run well, if we want them to be a family or efficient or whatever our goal was. Members share a lot of responsibility in how well groups function. And group dynamics is something that is in effect in every coven, in every meetup, you have people with different ideas, different concepts and personalities, different backgrounds. There's always room for problems. There's always room for fighting. It is up to the maturity of each individual member to try to overcome some of these issues, to try and work together as best you can. And when you don't know how, or you can't come to an agreement, then it's time to go to the leadership and try to work things out. I feel like there's a lot of people in paganism that think it's a drive-through window. 
that Wicca is some kind of a McDonald's. You drive up, you order what it is you want, and someone prepares it and just hands it over. That you, the coven member, are not responsible for your own behavior, for your own knowledge, for anything. That if a person says, I am a leader of this group, a lot of people think they can join and just get what they need and go off on their own and never give anything back, never participate. I was listening to a very old Edge of the Circle show with Tommy Elf a little while ago, and he was talking about what members can do to make things successful. And he said, you know, perhaps you have no skills at all, but you're going to a festival, you're joining a coven, you can pick up trash, right? You can clean off tables, you can sweep up, you can do stuff like that, carry wood, chop wood. There's always something you can do as a member. It is up to you to try to find what that is, or speak with the leadership of your group and say, what do you need? Do you need someone to carpool? Do you need someone to buy the candles and other accoutrements a week before the ritual? Whatever it is, be proactive, take responsibility, and you will make the lives of your leadership so much easier and so much more fulfilling, by the way. Burnout is one of the biggest concerns we have in paganism for leadership. This is true in other things, too. It's not indicative only to paganism, but most people I know who have tried leadership at any level burn out within two years, and they want nothing to do with it. They're completely uninterested. They might lead for two years, take a year off, or lead for two years, take two years off. We can't have this continuing cycle if we're going to have a more stable group of covens and religious associations if people are burning out and quitting all the time. Also, when coven members are more active within their group, or meetup members, whatever we might be talking about, it is harder for a leader to be dictatorial or in other ways abusive to the coven members because they're being held accountable. People are aware of what's happening. They're aware of who is doing what with whom and under what circumstances. And it will, to an extent, I think, drive out a lot of the crazy people who want to be leaders, who are using it for personal gains, to get sex, or money, or whatever it might be, particularly when those things are under the radar, when people are not being honest as leaders about what kind of remuneration, shall we say, that they expect. And since I've mentioned the word remuneration, let's talk about that for a minute. I have heard from many, many people that being a leader deserves no reward of any kind. You should never give money. You should never give this. Uh, leadership is hard, folks, and it is not wrong for someone to expect something in return. So long as everyone understands what that something is and what the rate of exchange is, I personally find a lot of fulfillment in doing leadership-type work. So what I expect in return is that people do their part. If I'm mentoring someone, you do your homework the, to the best of your ability. If I'm organizing a festival and you've committed to bring firewood, bring the firewood. Don't make me ask you nine times. I want people to be respectful and responsible. To me, that is a kind of reward. If I have to chase you around and constantly ask you, did you do this? Are you going to be where you said you'd be? 
you are making this not worth my time. You are taking any joy or pleasure out of it for me. I have talked a little long about what I feel a member should be doing to help the leadership. So let me get back to skill sets of what I think leaders should have. A good leader should have a vision. If you're a coven leader, a high priest, high priestess, what have you, you should have a sense of where that coven is going, how you intend to get them there, and what your ultimate plan or vision for the coven is. You should be a good communicator. People should be able to understand what you're trying to say, and you need to be able to understand other people. You should be pretty well organized, although there are always secondary leaders you can count on for any one of these skills or several of these skills that you don't have. But organization is very helpful. Even if you're not personally organized, can you get it together to be organized on behalf of the group? Experience in your tradition or religion is very helpful, although, in my opinion, not necessary. Patience is very good. You should be fair-minded. Now this, everyone immediately says, of course I agree, fair-minded is great. But I mean truly fair-minded. You do not play favorites. When there's a quarrel and one person is clearly in the right, but that person happens to be less popular, too bad. Fair is fair all the time. You need to be somewhat disciplined. Personally, I am not disciplined in my own life. But when it comes to external things, leadership, I have no problem being disciplined. I don't know why that's true, but it is. A positive outlook helps. If you're always droopy and depressive and annoyed, how are you ever going to motivate anyone to do anything? Also, I think you really need to learn to care about the people in your coven or your organization. To what degree depends on how close they are to you. If you're in a meetup group, where everyone is essentially a solitary free agent who happens to meet for ritual and discussion, that is a much less or lower level of commitment. But if you're in a coven, if you're making family of choice, you should be willing to treat those people as family of choice. Even the ones you don't always agree with or have problems with, you need to try to sort those problems out or agree to disagree but you have to get past some of the personality issues that will inevitably come up. They always do. It's part of group dynamics. Also, you have to be willing to delegate. You cannot do everything yourself. You cannot pay for everything yourself. If your students or outer court members of your coven will never do their homework and they're not interested in learning, they just want to be around, stop teaching them. Give them a chance to rectify the situation, explain what it is that you need from them, and then quit. If your inner court people spend a lot of time acting like your coven is a dating service, but they're not particularly interested in remembering to bring candles or memorizing their part on the quarters or what have you, maybe it's time to move them out. You have to speak with them, you have to give them an understanding of what's expected, you must be clear. And then eventually you have to say, I don't think you fit in here. Lastly, and I think most importantly, you have to listen. Listen to the other leaders, listen to the members, listen to strangers. You have to know opinions other than your own. You have to be willing to give a fair hearing to everyone's opinion, even if you immediately think this is not good 
I don't like it, I'm not going to do it, you've got to give them a fair shake. Because it is so easy when you're in charge or partially in charge to get stuck in your own vision of what's happening and not notice that the coven has made a hard right turn or a left turn or what have you. They're not following that vision anymore. And if you continue to follow the initial vision without bringing the people along or adjusting your vision to fit the coven's needs, obviously the whole thing is going to sink. It's a very delicate balance between flexible and vision and organization and patience and discipline. You will not have all of these skills, probably. You will have some of them, but you can be working on them. You can be trying to increase them. There are some programs that you can join. Covenant of the Goddess is probably the best known, and they have a priestess or priest program. ADF, which I cannot actually pronounce the real name, but it's a druid organization. I believe they have a priesthood online program now. They've been planning one for quite some time. The Troth.org is a heathen, a Satru organization that I belong to that has a very extensive clergy training program. If you're clergy through them, you essentially have a bachelor's degree in heathenism and counseling. The reading list, the course curriculum is extensive. And there are, I'm sure, other programs out there that I don't know about. I would just caution you to be wary of the priesthood programs that are 10 chapters online and all they teach you is how to call quarters or how to do charge of the goddess as if the religious functions of your coven will be the only thing a leader needs to know. That's the fallacy that paganism began with. When I first became a pagan in 1988, the obvious standard was the most knowledgeable person in any group would be the coven leader, because at that time, most covens were filled with newer folks. And if you had six months more reading experience than the other people, that made you the leader by default. It was a definition of leadership that worked then, when we didn't have choices, when we didn't know what else to do. But it didn't work in the long run. I think that's fairly clear. A training for leadership or a training for priesthood is important. You can do it completely self-directed. You don't have to follow someone else's model. But you ought to be doing something. You ought to be going through some kind of training. On that note, I actually have three books that I want to recommend. They're in the show notes for this show, which I'm posting at the MySpace page right now. The three books I'm recommending are Covencraft by Amber Kay. Now, this is a basic how-to. She goes through setting up a coven. How will you choose your deities? Will you use an existing framework? Will you call quarters? If so, how? It's a long checklist. Is there going to be money involved? Will a treasurer be involved? It's very comprehensive as far as the things on the ground that you need to do. What it skips, in my opinion, are issues of personal interaction and group dynamics. So the next book, Wicca Covens by Judy Harrow, comes into play. Uh, Judy Harrow is a counselor living in New York City. She's the high priestess of a coven there called Proteus. At least she was as late as 2002. I'm not 
in contact with her. I don't know if she still leads that coven. But Wicca Covens is about group dynamics from a counseling point of view. She talks about how do groups get to know each other? How do personality conflicts come up? How can they be dealt with? It is indispensable if you are going to lead a group of people, whether you call it a church or a coven, even a meetup group. I read Wicca Covens, oh, probably five years ago, and I still think, from a pagan point of view, it is clearly the best book on group dynamics and coven leadership that is out there. She looks at other sources, pastoral counseling sources, academic sources, but she gives it to you in an easy-to-read and easy-to-understand book from a pagan's point of view. Now, she has another book that I have not yet read, but I've spoken to a few people, say it's very good. It's called Spiritual Mentoring, also by Judy Harrell. It's everything a teacher would want to know about teaching. It's not about lesson plans. It's not about exercises. It's about skill sets. As a teacher or a mentor, what kind of characteristics and traits do you need? How do you approach particular issues that come up? I'll be buying that book soon, and perhaps I'll even do a review on it or something in a later show. But Covencraft by Amber Kay, Wicca Covens, and Spiritual Mentoring, both by Judy Harrow. If you have those three books, in my opinion, you have everything you need to start or run some form of pagan organization, as far as books go. Of course, if you're studying a particular path, you need to deal with the training inherent in that. But from a leadership point of view, from an organizational point of view, I think those three books about do it. Okay, back to responsibilities of the member for a moment. Pagans are solitary people in a lot of ways, and they're radically free. They don't like authority. If you're a radically free, lifelong, solitary pagan, maybe you shouldn't bother trying to join a coven, ever, if... You are not willing to compromise and submit to any kind of authority in any circumstance. Don't join a coven. Maybe something like a meetup group where you can be completely independent but share ritual and seasonal things with other folks is more your thing. Maybe you want to stay solitary forever. But if you know this about yourself and you're anti-authoritarian in every way, don't join a coven and cause problems for everyone else. Really, I'm asking you. I have come across folks like this. They want to practice with other people, but they're impossible to deal with because they will not compromise or discuss anything. Now, if you're a little more reasonable and you would like to join a coven, there are inner and outer court structures in some covens where you don't have to be quite as family of choice, if you're outer court, you don't have as many responsibilities. You can come and go as you please, generally. Uh, if you want more commitment, if you're looking for a family, look for a formal coven with an inner court, where you will actually be expected to take on your share of responsibility, which will increase as time goes on. Also, if you're solitary and you don't want in-person meetings, you can join one of the national organizations. There are National Wiccan, Druidic, Asatra organizations where you can communicate with people online, you can be a part of something and learn about what other people are doing without that personal contact. But I'm just going to say from my own point of view, 
I think joining a coven or an informal group like Meetup is something everyone should do. That does not mean you need to be in a coven or an informal group for your whole life. But I don't think you understand the full complexity and joy of any religious expression if you never experience it with other people. I realize that's a personal view, and many longtime solitaries will bristle at this idea. But if you've been a solitary all that time, how can you tell me I'm wrong? How do you know? I'm not pitching this as an idea of maturity or anything like that. I'm pitching it as the idea that most humans are communal. We share in things that are important to us. We take food with family and friends, assuming we have any family or friends. We share important times like vacations and transitions in life, birth and death and other types of things with other people. We're communal, in my opinion, and most studies show that that's generally true. The coven experience does not have to be horrible or scary, depending on where you live and what is available to you. Leadership can be a blessing. It can really make a coven work great or a group work great, and it can be terrible. For those of you wanting to be leaders, please study. Please take the time to learn what skills you have, what skills you lack, and then try to find a position that matches your capacities. For those of you who are members of covens or groups, please take responsibility for yourselves. Do some work. Put in some effort and time. Share your ideas. Be the chauffeur. If you don't know how to do anything else, but you happen to have a large van, drive everybody around. Have them chip in for a couple of bucks for gas. Contribute. Leaders have a hard enough job as it is without members who won't do anything. And all of you members that are constantly wishing you had some kind of quality leadership, quality leadership cannot really function without quality membership. Wow, this topic has just flown by. I probably have been rambling a little bit at times, but this is important to me and it's something I think about and something I feel a lot about. But I'm going to stop here. I would like to say that I'm very excited. I have almost 400 hits so far on my Podbean account, total between feeds and downloads and what have you. I'm very excited to be at such a high number so early in the process. All of you who are listening, I thank you very much. You can hear me on MySpace, iTunes, Podbean, Facebook, and just today I was able to embed a player in my Pagan Space page, which is under the name Kveldrida, K-V-E-L-D-R-I-D-A, at Pagan Space. There's a player there now, so you can listen to the show directly from there. So far, I have not gotten any email. You can email me at paganspiritualitytoday at comcast, C-O-M-C-A-S-T dot net. That's all one word, Pagan Spirituality Today at Comcast. You can become my friend at MySpace, or my friend at Facebook, or my friend on Pagan Space. The MySpace page is going to be where I keep the show notes and where I'll be doing some blogging. I hope others will show up there and make some comments, 
send me some messages, suggestions, I'd like to know any show topic ideas that you have. So once again, thanks for listening, and be well.